going on, Internet, and thanks for stopping by. This is another episode of the Certain Effect Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Rivera, and I'm joined by Mr. Andrew Taylor. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, it's not not much. Just uh, ready to talk about PAX. You caught me off guard there for a second. How but, uh, dare I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also joining us is my good friend, Mr. Chris Noons. How you doing, sir? Man, I just flew home from PAX, and boy, are my legs tired. Yeah, so this is a very special episode of the podcast. Um, we are all just getting back from PAX. We spent uh, part or all of the weekend in Boston at the uh, the expo. Got to play a lot of games, got to meet a lot of people. It was a really great time. Um, we want to start off the show just with a big thank you to everyone that came up to us and offered us uh, warm wishes, words of encouragement, advice, anything, uh, any sort of form of support. And of course, anyone who's listened to any of our episodes and shared them on social media, who subscribed uh, to the podcast, given us reviews, things like that, followed the Twitter account. Um, of course, you can do all of that. It's certaineffect.com. We're at certain effect. Uh, Chris is at Topher Noons. Uh, Andrew is at Papa Drew Bear, and I am at The Young Neil. So if you want to follow us at all, um, we're in the midst of following everybody that we met from PAX. So if you want to follow us as well, be part of the conversation. We're more than happy to to talk about games with you guys. Um, and speaking of talking about games, uh, this is going to be a, kind of a, a different episode than kind of what we have planned for the podcast in general. But uh, we're just kind of going to go round robin, talk about our five top five favorite games that we played from the show floor. We all played a ton of games, both big and small. Um, so Chris, let's start off with you. What's something that spoke to you from uh, from PAX this year? Devolver, my name is Pedro. That game was badass. Like it was, um, it was so much fun, dude. I'm so jealous of you because, and I know you texted me like multiple times being like, hey, get over here. Hey, get over here. Because like that's a game that well before they showed it off at the Nindy showcase that that was like on my radar that, you know, Devolver's kind of been promoting slowly but surely. Um, what did you think of it once you got your hands on the sticks? Yeah, that dude, that booth was super packed on Thursday and I got lucky Friday morning. It was empty. It was a ghost town like early on and it was like across between. And I, I tweeted this out. It was like a Tarantino film with Deadpool. Like it was awesome. The slowdown motion was the ma- like the Matrix, where like you'll double guns and your arms are outstretched, and then you could do these flips. A lot of cover, uh, sliding between cover, uh, and then the other thing is, is you would be able to shoot slow down motion, aim, reshoot, and then duck because they're shooting, and it was just like this really quick. And if you do it in an, in a timely like in the timing that they are, they're requiring, it's that fluid mm-hmm. motion when you speed back up time is just incredible. The game has to be has to be fluid in order for it to work, and it was silky smooth. Like everything about it yeah. was smooth. This is like a Switch game waiting to happen. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Controllers I use were were Xbox, so I I can't wait to get my hands on it again. Yeah, no, and it's it's if I remember correctly, when they announced it on the Nindy Showcase, they said it will be a Switch console exclusive. So it's coming to PC, but it'll also be available on Switch exclusively on Switch for a time. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, and, and so my concern with the game, not to say that I was concerned, like I said, it's it's something I've been looking forward to a lot. Um, 
how did it control in terms of, I know you said it's silky smooth in terms of like performance, sure. but were the controls hard to grasp? Because it seems like with the complexity of the motion, like, and especially the fluidity that they're going for, it seems like it's going to be something that is going to be difficult to master. Is that true at all? Sure. That was one of my concerns when I was watching the, the guys that were ahead of me that were playing it. And it was difficult mm-hmm. because when I got handed the sticks, uh, I hopped into somebody else's game at first. I had to do a reset on it mm-hmm. because I'm like, there's no flipping way I can figure this out. Uh, the bumpers... Obviously, the the left and the right trigger had something completely separate to do than the sticks did, and then you had to know, like, and it, it kind of guided you through it, but I wasn't really paying attention to what they were watching. I was basically watching the screen when I was watching them play prior, so yeah, it, it's going to take a bit to get used to, but nothing that's overly crazy. Like, it wasn't out of this world, like, I, you have no idea what's going on, you have to memorize a bunch of stuff. I, I found it to be pretty simplistic, it was just a matter of getting my hands around and my head wrapped around it. Good, good. Well, that's good to hear because it's like I said, it definitely seemed like it was complicated and it could lead to issues. So it's good to see that it's at least simple enough to where you can grasp it. And I'm sure pulling off all those insane combos is worth it uh, in the end. Um, Andrew, what did yeah. you play that you really liked? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first day I only played, honestly, just like a few games just because the first day I went was Saturday. I think maybe we played a total of like maybe three games. Mm-hmm. So it was just Saturday was crazy. Like lines were crazy. Waited in line for almost an hour to play After Party, which is a game by Night School Studios uh, who made um, Oxenfree. If you haven't played that game, you should try that game. It's like a mixture of like Stranger Things, like X-Files, that kind of thing. Um, and I love that game. And I was really excited to play their new game which is called after party like i said and the premise of that game if you're not familiar is that you play as a couple of teenagers that have been like best friends since childbirth and uh they wake up and they're in hell and they want to know like why they've been killed why they've been sent to hell that sort of thing and there's like a caveat where you have the opportunity, the chance to get yourself out of hell if you outdrink Satan, um, which I thought was pretty uh, quirky and funny and just unique in mm-hmm. its own way. And I loved the way that Oxenfree played. Um, lots of like dialogue choices and it gave you the opportunity to kind of explore the area that you were given. And with this, it seems very much the same. Um, but a little bit more on the funny side of things. Um, and not so, not so serious, kind of like Oxenfree was, was serious, but it also had like a lot of, um, light tones to it. And there was kind of like a coming of age story with that game. Uh, with this game, it just seems more of like, this could be like a really funny, like Seth Rogen movie or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I, whenever I think of this game, I always think of this is the end. If you've seen that movie. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I played the demo. It's about 15 minutes long. Uh, it, it There's a lot of dialogue, but there's, like I said, there's a lot of choices that you can make in terms of, like, the dialogue that you're uh, talking or giving to the other characters that you're interacting with. And um, obviously it involves drinking. <laughs> uh, so, like, you can have a drink and... Basically, that will change the way that your dialogue is presented to characters, which was pretty funny, too. Um, 
you can like slur, slur your words and right. kind of like be more aggressive and you know kind of depending on what character you're playing as there's two characters i can't remember their names but um i played beer pong which yeah. was really funny and it, it i talked to the developer about it and i was just like okay you know like what kind of like unique gameplay aspects are you going to have within the game and she's like well we're going to have like a lot of different like bar games which i thought was just like funny like darts and like you're assembling basically like a team that's gonna go to satan's like bash and like try to out drink him and so you have to go to like basically bar hop around hell and like assemble this team and you have to like beat them at their own game that sort of thing um so i like beat one character at beer pong um and if you've played beer beer pong then you know that you know, going back and forth, like people get drunk pretty fast because you yeah. have to like slam beers uh, if they get the ball in your cup. So um, I, I was upset in my demo that I missed my redemption shot. Oh, you did? Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, like, I beat both of those guys. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Like, yeah. So that game was really fun and unique. and I'm really, really, really excited to play it. I, I know that I'm going to spend a lot of time with that game just because. Uh, those are the kind of things that I want to invest my time in, mm-hmm. in terms of like games is like having the choice to present dialogue to different characters. And like, if it's unique like that and quirky and kind of has a different spin on, on something. And, and like, I, I love the movie. This is the end. So like, if I relate to it, if Big I relate, same. you know, like after party to that movie, I've, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm just really excited for that game for sure. What I, what yeah. I, I'm glad you. Uh, I was gonna say what I go for what it, I liked about it was um, uh, the voice acting was was key for me in in that because you said the, the choice dialogue and uh, Janina Gavinkar uh, from yeah. yeah from Verso who in Battlefront Two is one of the voices. So I know I, I literally yeah. immediately recognized yeah. your voice. But to your point, um, a lot of that dialogue is brought to life and that humor is brought to life because the voice acting in it is so well done. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean she she does a really good job. Um I don't know the voice actor for the male main character, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure it's someone that we've probably heard before. Um but yeah, I mean from this from from what I understand is like they wanted to capitalize on what they did with Oxen Free. Sure. And obviously it's not like a triple A production or anything like that, but they're really kind of putting they're back into this one. And I'm not saying that they didn't with like oxen for you, but like I can tell like the production level of everything is a little bit more, um, polished uh, upgraded. Yeah. yeah polished. Yeah. Uh, it seems there, like they feel was... more comfortable with the style of game that they're making. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And, and there was, you know, it's not to say that the game's perfect because I think it comes out later in the year. I think it might be like fall 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm maybe around Halloween just because, you know, hell and all that kind of stuff. But right. um, there was some, like, texture popping in and out, and and it's a demo. Like, it's it's probably, like, an, an earlier demo that they had that they might have presented at a different convention, maybe E3 or something. But um, overall, I, I really enjoyed my time with it, and uh, like I said, I, I can't wait to play it when it comes out. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you asked them that it... Um, you know, about the different 
gameplay mechanics because yeah. the demo was very dialogue heavy which i know it's a narrative based game um and you know to some people that's you know it is what it is like some people are either gonna like that some people aren't gonna like that um yeah. but i really did enjoy like the diversion of the beer pong like i enjoyed like Absolutely. i felt like it was a good break you still had that banter that dialogue going on but like it felt a little bit more engaging than just like yeah. and I will kind of piggyback off of what you said, Chris, is that like normally in those like dialogue heavy games, I'm usually just like trying to speed through the dialogue and like get through it. But because the voice acting and the delivery is so good, like I was sitting there enjoying it, like really just kind of being part of the moment, like that line they had about the Browns never winning the Super Bowl, And then like yeah. he came back and said like, Oh, I meant the bills. And she's like, Oh, actually, yeah, that's probably also still true. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I appreciated funny. that. For sure. Um, so, Neil, what it, pick yours. Yeah. What was yours? What was your first? So, I'm going to start off with the one that I guess I'm going to kind of avoid the unanimous one. Uh, I'm going to start off with Sinara Wild Hearts. Um, that's one game that really kind of caught me, and it also caught a lot of people when it was announced at the Game Awards. Um, the developer is slipping my mind, but it's published by Annapurna. Um, it is like, if you saw it, you realize like, Oh, this is like a pop music video come to life. Like there's a lot of pinks, a lot of neon purples and a lot of just vibrant colors. And it kind of gave me elite beat agents vibes. Like if you ever played elite beat agents on the 3ds, like that was just like silly over the top, like pop music. Like it's, it's so I was really eager to get my hands on it and like probably five minutes into the demo, I was like, man, I'm just not feeling this like it. And maybe that's just part of the demo because it feels like there wasn't any sort of fail condition. Like the first levels it has you go through part of the demo are just like, all right, cool. You're grabbing coins and you're, you know, moving from lane to lane. Like it kind of has like an endless runner feel to it. And instead of like, obstacles that you can crash into it's more about high score chasing so it's like all right cool like let's get these coins in a streak and then you know switch over real quickly to get the other ones in stride and keep moving and like about there's about two levels of that and i was like okay this is kind of boring like there's not really much going on like the visuals are great but then as you get towards the end it is more involved like it mixes it up in a way where like yeah, you're going to have those moments and it introduces obstacles and, but then there's also timed button presses and then like the camera angle and like view will change like dynamically. Yeah. And you'll have to like, you know, mash buttons or like dodge, you know, fire blast and things like that. Like it gets very involved, um, which where like the first part was like super simple and the latter part felt like sometimes it was almost too complicated because like you couldn't, kind of there weren't like very clear tells of like all right cool like now you're going to do this and now you're going to do that like you couldn't see notes or anything coming down a track so to speak it would just mm-hmm. like the camera would just shift and like all right cool now do this and i was kind of like stunned and you know i'd miss a note or a beat or two um it was like an endless <clears throat> runner with like tricks yeah. like it was really weird like the the motorcycle part was kind of cool I didn't really care for this, like the the surfboard thing or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, because I think that was like one of the first two where, it, like, I definitely felt like there's no fail state here. No. Like, it just felt like I was going and like couldn't couldn't lose the game. Like, I was just all right, cool. Like, I'm here and I'm on rails. I could see them doing different things with this because they could add different music if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you could keep the same gameplay and kind of add different sounds or different music to it if you ever wanted to do it that way. But I agree with you right. that it felt very almost iOS like game type to me rather than like an actual game that you would have on a console. 
Yeah, and my friend, and my friend who um, I actually bought a T-shirt from them for, he's like super hyped for the game. He told me that the developers are like they're they've developed some of the best iOS games. Makes sense. So like they're yeah. primarily a mobile developer. So it like, comes it comes out on iOS as well. Eventually, just, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm poo pooing the game, even though like and so like all that being said, right? Like it's an auto audio visual delight. Like it is like the visuals, the music, like all of that stuff. Especially if you're wearing a good pair of headphones. Like oh my god! Like I just got yeah. sucked in. Like especially in the later tracks. Like it's the music is mixed really really well. Um, the yeah, visuals are like it's kind of like an emotional type like it's one of those like where it's more like an artistic like an artsy fartsy game um, yeah like a journey but yeah definitely like a journey where it is like there's like there's no point like you know like you'll probably ask yourself like what's the point like what am i doing what am i supposed to be doing yeah. where it is just like no like you're just supposed to sit back enjoy the music enjoy the light show yeah. like it seems like you're playing music videos um so yeah like all that yeah, being said yeah. like i got there like you know i played it the first day there i got there the second day and we walked past it and i was just like man like just kept thinking about it like throughout the day so even though like mechanically it's not one of the most like oh my god revolutionary games like it stuck with me from like an emotional standpoint yeah uh, chris yeah, my, oh, oh sorry sorry, no, sorry. No, is sorry. it okay if i touch on that just a little yeah, bit no absolutely so i i kind of agree with you like it, it did i both liza and i played it um liza really really enjoyed it a lot um and it's very artistic and you know visually stunning and the music's great um i think there's a possibility we could have been playing like a very early stage in the game sure. mm-hmm. because I, you know, it did feel very quote unquote easy mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like on rails, that sort of thing. I mean, you can move your character from side to side to like dodge uh, certain attacks from like the enemy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt pretty easy, but I think, I think maybe it, they might just be going for, kind of a more just like relaxing experience i know that might seem kind of boring to some people but i think for someone like myself who plays a lot of intense video games Sekiro, uh siege like that sort of right. thing i think if i can wind down to, with something like this and play like maybe a couple stages a night um who knows it's- you know like i said we could have been playing a very early portion of the game and it could be like super difficult, like later yeah. on, where it's more it, like challenging for people. It's going to be a great palate cleanser game, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, this yeah, game's yeah, like yeah, a game yeah. you play on like the bus or the train, like when you're heading to work, and you can get one or two stages out and then be on your way and not have to think about it again. Yeah, yeah. One last thing about it is like, even though there's not an explicit story that they're telling, like obviously, like there's no dialogue, there's no nothing. Like it seems like they're going for a story. Like it seemed like the levels we played were kind of interconnected, and like they kind of escalated. And like there was like you know I don't know there was a, there was like it, a yeah. fight scene on a motorcycle like right I, like and it's like you get the vibe that it's like these two gangs that, fighting and yeah. like these two like you know it's like a Romeo and Juliet situation where like these two lovers like find each other from rival gangs sure. and they're. I don't know. That's how I interpreted it. And maybe that's what they want you to do is like interpret it a certain way. And maybe there is no you know, strict story that it's going by. So either way, it's 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 a cool game. I'm interested to see more. Um, I don't think they've got a date on it. I think it's supposed to be nine, 2019, but um, those things can all change. Chris, what is your second game that you really enjoyed? I had a blast and I just I walked past Man of Medan and like visually I was like, what the is that? Like, and we walked past it as we were going past Days Gone. 
and it's done by Supermassive. It's part of the Dark Pictures anthology. They did uh, Until Dawn, and this is like a follow-up to that. Uh, I think they're just going to go for like this horror series type thing, and that's exactly what it was. It was very Until Dawn. Like You could see the graphics, everything. It played just like it. You had uh, a, a main character that was going through a boat at the time. Uh, and she was being held hostage and trying to get through this boat, and she had two people that were with her. The first guy didn't last very long. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to go well. (laughs) He loses his flashlight, and all of a sudden you have a second guy, and I'm like, oh, this guy's not going to last too long either. Um, You could pick up collectibles. It was kind of cool. You could tell there was some zombie stuff going on, and it allowed you to choose – um, how you were going to pick your dialogue options through either emotional or if you were going to be more methodical, which I thought was interesting. I'm kind of curious on whether they're going to divert the direction of which the game is going to go because of those dialogue options mm-hmm. or not, or if it's just going to be one of those things that they say is out there, but then it really doesn't have an effect on on what occurs into the game. So I'm really interested in that, but visually it is absolutely stunning. The voice <laughs> acting was fantastic, and I'm really curious about where the story goes it did scare me twice. Like there were two, there were two scares in there where, like, I like the one time I jerked back and I thought I was gonna fall yeah. over because it's like it came out of the corner and I didn't see it, and then all of a sudden it was there and I'm it, yeah. it just scared the hell out of me. So, but Man of Medan is definitely a game that I would for sure be more interested in. Uh, I got a chance to play Until Dawn when it came free on uh, PS Plus, uh, so I picked it up then. So this will definitely be something on my radar for for when it comes out. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was uh, while we were walking past it, like we both like looked at it. and We're like, man, that looks great. And I looked at it. And I was like, it looks like Until Dawn. Like you can just definitely tell. Like that Supermassive just has like their like footprint. Sure. You know, like all right, this is a Supermassive game, and like you can just tell with the facial you know capture and stuff like that that it looks a certain way. And that's uh, you know to find out that it was a Supermassive game. Like, it's like yep, okay, that makes sense. Um, in playing it, do you get the sense that like. Until Dawn was like this game that, and I didn't play it, I I still need to, but it kind of prided itself on like super branching narrative. I don't know how much that was in the the full release, but does this compare at all to that? Like, does it look like it's going to be like branching or is it it kind of more linear? It's more linear. Like this, I mean, I was on rails, that's for sure. Like I, when I was looking around, because when I, when I hop into demos, I poke around as much as I possibly can and I... Mm -hmm. I couldn't backtrack very much. When I tried to go backwards, the guy that was holding me hostage nudged me and said, no, you can't go this way. So I know that it's like block, it's block gating you as far as going backwards was concerned. It did mm-hmm. offer me two options. Now I found out because I was talking to Nicole um, from the Kind of Funny group about her playthrough on that. And she died uh, in, a, in the part okay. before the end of the demo. She didn't finish the demo. I finished the demo. And she was like, uh, I was getting choked by a zombie and I couldn't because it was quick time events and she couldn't press fast enough or did press fast enough and maybe it just didn't register. And she died. And I said, well, I went back and tried to – I had an option to either save the guy or save myself. And I thought, well, save myself seems too easy. I'm going to try to save him. And then there was a twist at the end of that. But I don't know if the dialogue options – it wasn't very much of a dialogue option. It was save yourself, save him. Like, that was the dialogue option I got. There, there was very little to yeah. do with that kind of stuff. So I don't know how, how they're going to change this up. I, I feel like they're not going to go in that Until Dawn crazy branching, you know, way because they're going to try to make this something completely different. 
but again it's yeah. part of an anthology it seems like because it's part of this dark pictures group so like it feel i yeah. feel like they're going to make this into a thing now so we'll see we'll see how yeah. it goes we'll see if it's even in the same universe because it might be yeah yeah it seems like they're trying to tell a specific story within this anthology of games sure. so it makes sense yeah. uh andrew do you have a, a game that you want to share yeah, so we're like what on our second game? This is the second, yeah. I'll probably do like a top three just because I I don't want to go too sure, long. Sure. But, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So my second game that kind of uh, stood out to me was a game called uh, Splitgate, and it is a ambitious uh, esports arena shooter, first person. Uh, mainly PC uh, game that Alex Van Aken from OK Beast uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, we should go play this game." Uh, I played it. I played like a match. I think you'd like it. Me and him play a lot of games together. A lot of Apex Legends. Sure. A lot of Siege. Um, and so I was like, "Yeah, where is this game at?" On Sunday before he left to go home, uh, me, him, Blessing, and uh, Mike. Uh, from the OKB's community, we all went over and got in line and played a match together. It's like a five-minute match. And the premise of the game is, like I said, first-person shooter arena, um, but with a little bit of a twist on it. Uh, and the twist is that you can shoot portals. Uh, so it's basically Halo, but mixed with Portal, um, if you've played that Portal sounds before. Rad. Yeah. So it's very cool and very strategic, and I wish I had more time with it because I felt like a lot of the time when I was playing against this other team that we were set up against because there's two separate lines, so you could like play uh, like the blue team or the red team, and we like stuck with the blue team, so like we went through that line, and so we played with like against uh, like a team of other four people, and it was really cool because. I could see the like potential that you could reach and like the the kind of tricks that you could pull off with shooting portals across the map uh to get like an advantage and like flank uh the enemy which I just thought was really really unique and cool mm-hmm. something I've never seen before like I saw um I was watching someone while I was standing in line who shot a portal across the map and then shot a portal in front of him and it opened up a, a view from the portal that he shot before and he shot someone through the portal that was right next to him. So he basically killed someone across the map that he couldn't even see in his line of sight. That sort of thing. Interesting. Um, which is like, I'd never seen that before. Right. Um, especially with like arena shooters. I mean, Halo is pretty, it's a super basic premise. You just right. sure, grab a gun, you run around and shoot each other. You know, like there's obviously some skill that applies to that. But with this, it was more like there's a lot of communication that needs to go on. And like, you kind of need to know exactly where you want to put these things. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of map knowledge, a lot of communication with like your teammates. That's going to have to like, you know, that's going to be like an essential to like doing really well at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like really cool, you know, having that ability to shoot two different portals, you know, or well, not two different portals, but like you can shoot two at a time and like having people like seeing people shoot portals across the map sh- and then shooting one right next to each other and jumping through that portal. And then they're on the other side of the map, right? like behind the enemy team. D- 
Um, did this give you free to? Oh, did this ahead. give you free to play vibes? Um, it definitely needs some more polishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex and I both signed up for the beta that's going to oh, nice. be happening in a couple weeks. So maybe on like a next couple episodes of of certain effects, we can talk about it a little bit sure. more. But yeah, is that like is that open? Like, it's just go to their website. I think it's an open beta that you can sign up for. I just I wrote my name down or I typed my name into their computer when I I got up and left. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely could be free to play. Uh, I don't know like how extensive like they would go into that just because it was like red team, blue team, okay. like what kind of, I, I, there has to be some sort of like indication of what team sure. you're on. And so like, yeah, if you so were to like have some sort of like microtransactions, I don't think that would really work very well just because you, it's, it's an arena shooter. So, and I know that, uh, overwatch is technically an arena mm-hmm. shooter. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, yeah. like obviously you have skins with that game, and sure. you know who your teammates are based on like the color that they're outlined with, um, and like obviously their name above their head. Um, but with this, it's just like it's just like Halo. Like there's a red team, there's a blue team, and that's it's got a very old school it. vibe to it. It looks very like. old school, Which and I, I, I liked that. But I yeah. like the fact that this they're taking risks and trying something really unique and trying to make it different. And I definitely can see them. I I totally get the vibe that they're trying to make this like a thing. And I think there's a possibility it could be, I just think it needs to be a little bit more polished. Yeah. Um, Like an e-sport. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like an e-sport. I think that they're trying to make this to be like, like maybe have like a, obviously if it does start out and take off a little bit, it's going to be very small. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it could, you know, with the amount of work that they put into it and like maybe some polish after the beta, you know, I, I would be more than happy to give some like feedback to them when it comes right. to like when once the beta is finally out. So it seems, yeah, you know, it seems like it could, like if they do go that route and like they do, it goes that esport route, like it could be something like a, like a Rocket League where it's, yeah. like, it's an insanely yeah. simple premise. Like you're not doing anything overly complicated and like there isn't like, much meta there as far as like okay well we have to balance this character versus this character like it's not like a siege or an overwatch or something like that yeah it is literally just like everyone has the same guns does i imagine does everyone have the same guns or are you switching guns so you start out with like the everyone has the same assault rifle Mm -hmm. but then like the map is littered with like shotguns sniper rifles so it's like old school Uh, halo and quake where you it's very like old school like i i love that like i I haven't played an arena shooter like that in a long time like i'm always tempted to be like all right, I'm going to buy an Xbox just so I can play Halo. But now the Halo's coming out on PC. I won't need to sure. do that. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I, I am a, a first-person shooter person on PC. Besides Apex, I played on console with y'all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Like, I would love to see where this goes. I, I know Alex and I are, are pumped to try out the beta here in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, you uh, got so me yeah. interested. I definitely want to sign up. I didn't know they were doing a beta. Yeah, I Splitgate. That's the name of the game. Do they give um, player counts on that? Like what the max is on those or not? I don't. Is it just four v four? Oh, yeah. oh, you mean like four v four? I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you meant like in terms of the beta. Yeah. Like how many I didn't people. know if it was four v four, six v six, or like how they were. It's four v four. Um, so that's kind of nice because I feel like if you add like two more players and make it five v five. That could be a little hectic sure. because yeah. there's just port obviously portals being shot all over the place. Um and 
Yeah, I, I liked that. I liked having Damn. a team of four. I like having even numbers when it comes to like having teams. Like Apex is fine. You know, it, it they don't want that to be so hectic and like that's the size of the map that they made is to have like sixty players. Sure. But mm-hmm. I think this works perfect with like four v four because like the map, the maps seem a little bit smaller than like Halo mm-hmm. maps to accommodate because Halo's five v five, right? Uh, it started out originally as four v four. Yeah, um, I think in I I could be I think it's Halo three maybe it went to five v five. It did. Okay, um, I just haven't played Halo in so long. Yeah, so if people are listening, you're like, man, you should know this. <laughs> yeah, because I think I remember really original original Team Slayer, which I played a lot of, was four v four, and then you had your big team battle, which I think was eight v eight. I oh, yeah. could be pulling yeah. that out of my I'm ass. I'm just thinking though. about the, the ability the, to yeah. shoot like a portal back behind somebody, sneak up on them, and then all of a sudden just sh- bang, bang, and then you back out into yeah. another portal and you're out someplace else. Like that's that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. When you were playing, Andrew, I was going to ask you like, did you know? And I know it was only a five minute demo. Did it give you an impression that it was something that people could cheese pretty easily? Like that seems like a, a, like a, a challenge to balance. There's definitely a refresh rate when it comes to like how many portals you can shoot so it's oh. not like i'm running around shooting portals like against every single wall yeah that's nice um and from what yeah, i saw it, it looks like you can only shoot portals on certain walls correct yes yes so you can't shoot portals like on the ground or anything like that unless it is like a certain it it it, it indicates like what you can shoot portals at yeah. so it's like this certain looking tile um, and I'm assuming once the game officially comes out, there's going to be some sort of tutorial where you like obviously get the basics down and know what you can make a portal on. Um, another thing that I noticed is that you can't actually use your teammates' portals. Okay. I think okay. you can only use your portals. So like they are trying to balance it as best as possible. Right. I, I think, and I I very well could be wrong when I said. When I what I just said, like you can't use your. It might have been your teammates' portals or the enemy portals. I I like I said, I only had five minutes with it, so like I don't really know. All I know is that there was like a portal in front of me, but I couldn't go through it because it wasn't mine. Cool. So it could have been my teammates or it could have been the enemies, and I think that is definitely like a balancing thing, and I think that's cool. Yes. If if you can only use your own portals and you're not able to span them, that's a good balance right there. Yeah, because it would be um, it would be weird if you like if if your team could shoot a portal for you to escape like if you were getting attacked shoot it you could jump through it and and be gone that would start to get really crazy really quickly especially if there's like four or five of them going. yeah 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 um i think uh i think i think from what i remember is that the more i think about it because i saw like i said i shot someone or i saw someone shoot through their own portal at the enemy so I think the enemy can see you through your portal, okay. but they can't go through it. It's it's really weird. I don't want to be like get too complicated here, sure, right. listeners sure, sure. or anything like that. But like, it's just the idea, the concept of basically having Halo, but with like this twist on it where it involves portals and having it being really st- strategic is. Yeah. Very cool. I think you can tell by I, the questions that we have that we're like all super interested. Like we're asking more, and yeah, more questions yeah. about it. Like I think yeah, it might be coming no, to console yeah. too. So good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I secretly, well, not so secretly hope that this does really well because I kind of have this idea in my head that with everything going kind of like the service model and battle Royale and all that stuff that we're overdue just for a, a good old fashioned arena shooter resurgence. 
So I think if something like this does well and like I'm still, you know, I know Microsoft's not going to do it, but I'm holding fast that Halo Infinite's going to come out and it's going to be like traditional Halo. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be that'd be great. But no, yeah, everything you're saying sounds awesome. Like it sounds like music to my ears. So I'm definitely going to sign up for the beta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely encourage people if they're looking, if they love first person shooters, if they love shooters on PC, console, like I said, I don't know if the beta is going to be on console. But like if you're into something like Halo and you're ready for kind of like a a refresh mm-hmm. or something unique, like yeah. I think Splitgate is definitely where you want to like maybe go. Cool. Um <laughs> I don't know. It, I like I said, I only had 5 minutes with it. I really wish I had more time, but Alex sold me on it like when he was talking to me and then when we played it i was like yeah this is cool like cool. I, I signed up for the beta like right afterwards so. cool no yeah i'm doing it as soon as we're done recording yeah um i want to talk about biomutant um this is a game that is coming from thq nordic it got announced i think two years ago um and it kind of got announced to like a lot of fanfare like it seemed like it was in my opinion it seemed like it was getting hyped like a lot and so i was sitting here like what like this thing's unproven i don't know what it is and so i finally got hands on it and like i totally get it like it is you know chris described it perfectly to me it is like ratchet and clank like it's got that same sort of appeal to it so mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know it is like you're playing as like this little at least in the demo i played as like this little rodent and like the character creator is pretty cool like you get to go around and you can change your fur type and like the different details and your color and stuff like that um graphics like graphically it looks really good um the worlds look really good um but yeah once you get in it's pretty much a standard like action adventure game you're jumping around you're you're wailing on you know dozens of enemies but the cool thing about it is your powers so like we're ratchet and clank you're getting these like this arsenal of weapons in biomutant you can definitely tell that they're going to load you up with all these special powers um so the one that i ended up getting was like this bubble that originally I was using as kind of an evasive thing. So you'd get this bubble and like you'd be protected from enemy attacks and you could bounce. It also let you bounce like really, really high to traverse these large gaps. Um, and so I was also using it to like, if I was getting surrounded by enemies, I'd bounce up and go to a different location so I could like reset and keep everyone in front of me. Yeah. Then I started rolling around in it and then I found out, Oh shit, this thing is sticky and enemies stick to it and I can burst the bubble like you could burst the bubble on command. So like you'd press a button to to summon it and then press the same button to just burst it. So uh. you would roll around and get like three or four enemies on it and burst it and like you could launch people off of cliffs and things like that. So it definitely has that sort of um, emergent gameplay side to it where like you can kind of mess around with enemies and I have a feeling that as you progress through the game, you're going to be getting these different powers and combining them in interesting ways. Um, like I was looking at different, like I think it was kind of randomized how the demo worked where it sent you to a different area. So there was like three different biomes. And so like the one with the bubbles, like the more foresty one, but there was also a snow one and a lava one. And so like, you can imagine you're getting fire abilities, ice abilities, and you can combine them and it looks like you can combine them in very interesting ways. They in, they introduced um, that also, bubble in a weird yeah. way too because they introduced it as almost like fall damage. So like you could pop the get the bubble and it would cause you not to take damage as you're dropping down. It was like hey hit bubble and then all of a sudden the bubble hit and you bounced and you're like oh okay this is what saves you from getting damaged. And then that's right. when you're like 
oh shit, like it really it does damage too. Like, right. In real- like, and that's the thing yeah. is like it the way it does it, and I hope this stays true for the game. Like, I hope this you know just wasn't just like a symptom of it being a demo. Like, I hope it is that sort of organic. Like, oh, I can do that. Like. I'm replaying, like not replaying, but I'm still like kind of playing through Devil May Cry 5 and I'm like still discovering things about that game where it's like, oh, I can do this or like, oh, I can combine this and this to do this. Like, I think that's what kind of sets a game like because if you look at it from like at a glance, it's like, okay, cool. Like this is like a, a, a kind of a cartoony character action game. I'm running around. I'm fighting monsters like exploring areas like it looks pretty by the numbers when you look at it. But once you get in there and hopefully these powers like you get a whole bunch of them. Hopefully by the time you're done with it, like it's actually, you know, you have like all these different ways that you can combine them in different combinations. So hopefully it's like, I'm, I'm thinking of it and I probably need to temper my expectations. I'm thinking of it in terms of like breath of the wild where it was like, it gave you like all the tools you needed and it was like, here, go crazy. Um, like I don't think there's that much interaction with the world, so to speak. It's more interactions with the enemies, But yeah. if, if if it gives me all of these cool powers and, like, interesting uh, battlegrounds to use them in, like, I'm all for it. Like, it looks great. Yeah, that ga- I was down yeah. for that game. It, it's, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little nervous is it was very button mashy. And so I'm <laughs> hoping that, to, to your point, it does allow you to have kind of, like, things that occur in the world that you don't realize are going to happen then it all of a sudden happen and it gives you that immersive feel because if it doesn't it'll just feel like another button mashy game that's a third yeah. person you know and my only gripe with the game and this is coming from playing devil may cry is like the targeting is kind of weird like i don't actually i don't think there is any targeting mm-hmm. like you kind of hover towards whatever enemy is closest to you yeah. so like it, it didn't really get a good feeling of like all right cool my attack is going to hit this guy Whereas, like, you know, if I had two people close to me, like, it was really a 50-50 shot of who I was gonna, who was aiming to, um, which, like, it seemed weird. Like, I was trying, like, all the different triggers and clicking the, the L3 and R3 just to see if I could get it to lock onto something, and there's just none. So, I think, yeah, I think if you add, like, a simple lock-on, it makes it a little better. Um, but, yeah, definitely the big draw to that game is the powers. Like, the, the, the combat seemed pretty simple. It was just like, oh, here's your gun, here's your sword, or, or yeah. you, know, the, you get like a gauntlet you can punch people with, um, and they let you use that in kind of interesting ways, but the powers are, are the, the big draw. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. Chris, what you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go out uh, into left field here, and I played uh, a bit of The Sinking City uh, from Frogware. It's a game that's coming out uh, in June of this year on PlayStation, uh, Xbox, and PC. And the game is done by Frogware Studios, and it's an open-world investigative Lovecraftian story, which was really super interesting. It doesn't have a lot of action. It's more of a story-based game. But what I loved about the game was that it doesn't hold your hand at all. So it doesn't really tell you how to play the game. So as you're playing it and you're going through the investigation, uh, it's in real time, and the story can change as 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 the investigation changes or the clues received and the order that they're received. So you may never receive certain clues, so you may never be able to branch out into certain areas of the investigation, which could cause you to find out or figure out the game in a different manner. I thought it was really interesting in the fact that you had to sit there and really read and listen and go through and be methodical about it. And when the developer was there talking about the game, I asked him, I'm like, so let's talk about the gameplay. And he's like, nope, let's have you play it and you figure it out, and then you tell me. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
So as opposed to all of the hand-holding on a lot of the PAX games where it was like, press A, and this is what this does, and it has that like little picture right next to the game, he gave right. me no flipping clue on how to play this thing. And man, is it it's yeah. difficult, uh, but it was interesting. And I'm a big story guy, so like anything that involves me having to investigate as it is into the game, let alone the story being about investigation and clues and stuff like that. So it's done in the 1920s. Uh, the only thing that uh, I think I might have offended the developers because the guy had a fedora and like this leather jacket and I thought he looked like Indiana Jones and he was like, absolutely not. It's 1920s and it's Lovecraftian. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I was I was going to ask yeah. if this was the game. Yeah. Like, oh, no, yeah, this is, is the this game. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, man, I think I just offended him. But um, but the story mode uh, was was super interesting. The gameplay wasn't terribly difficult. I mean, it was a lot of you know reading, pressing, figuring out, investigating the piece, flipping it over, looking at it, that sort of thing. But again, Sinking City was a game. Yeah, it's out again out in left field because a lot of we're going to be talking about other games that everybody's been talking about. I'm just trying to find a few that, that you know kind of stuck out. And this was all the way in the back towards like the Boston like dev, yeah. dev stuff. So like I just you know was looking at it. Didn't realize it was a game that was coming out so soon. Didn't realize that like they had been talking about it on Steam and some other places for a while now. So it caught me off guard, and I thought it was super interesting. Cool. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember checking that one out and being interested in it. And yeah, you totally like peeled off and were gone for a minute. I was like, <laughs> oh, he, he's playing it. I'm gonna go explore a little bit. <laughs> uh, Andrew, That's what? Funny. What? Uh, you said you got one more for us. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to group these together just because they are being handled by the same PR company, which is Pop Agenda. Uh, So I played uh, Blood Roots and I played Creature in the Well. Both of those games stood out to me a lot. Um, Both really great um, from what I played, uh, especially Creature in the Well, something I'm very, very excited about because I felt like it was really, really unique. Um, and I love the art style and the gameplay that I, I had time with. So uh, first off, I played Bloodroots first, which is a uh, over-the-top 3D action game, I guess I could probably call it. Um, yeah, it's like kind of like a 2D plane. Like it's kind of like a top-down camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top-down like 2D plane action game. I, I don't know if I'd call it a button masher. It it kind of had the same vein as Miami Hotline, yeah. yep. where you can basically just steamroll through people, but you can die in one hit, right. and you just restart like instantly yep. at the beginning of like a checkpoint. Um, but it's just like destructible fun of having a bunch of different objects and just beating the crap out of people that are um, in your way. Um, I don't know the story at all. Um, I think that's a game you don't need to know the no, story. Yeah, right? and I know that you play as like this big burly kind of like frontiersman, and it's kind of quirky, and you're attacking like a bunch of uh, soldiers, militia. I'm not really sure. Uh, like old kind of uh like fur trader country sort of thing like american french yeah it war. seems like i don't know it, you it know seems what I mean? like, like yeah, it seems like yeah. the game takes place like at the u.s mexico border like 1875 you know yeah like, it's like turn really, of the 19th century yeah. uh or turn of the 20th century it's like yeah, a very like interesting um place to have a set a game yeah. Um, so, like, I'm interested in the story, and I, I know that there is one. Um, I like that you could grab so, anything. 
You grab anything. Dude. I grabbed a carrot and I smashed it in a guy's face. I was about to say, there's died. some outlandish <laughs> shit yeah. you could kill people I with. Hopped, like, there's a yeah. fish. There was a there was like a two wheel barrel and I like hopped on mm-hmm. it and it started rolling and then I landed yeah. into somebody and then the wheels came off and then they they spurted yeah. out onto somebody. Yeah. So there was there's a cool. I, I talked to Nick Verge um, about this uh, and he kind of explained just like the overall, you know premise of the game and what the objective is and just you know that that sort of thing and each item that you pick up has kind of its own um level of what's the word density i guess you okay. could say where like a weight like its own weight, weight. Yeah. well not weight but yeah. like usage so okay. like the sword that you pick up you can only kill three people or you can only use three times right um I think the barrel you can kill up to three people with, and, like, there's some, I guess you could call, like, event-based items that you can use, like a carriage where you can run over a bunch of people with, and, like, it'll smash into the wall, and then you can, like, use the pieces off of that, like the wheel and stuff. There's a ladder that you can use to kind of gain an advantage over the obstacles or you can use it and spin it around and kill a bunch of people with it. Like things like it's just like really kind of unique. Yeah. yeah so the, I mean, yeah. And the idea is that like, you're not tethered to these weapons. Like they are very, very limited use. Yeah. So the idea is you're not going to just use it and like you're using it for the extent, you know, the ex- extended period of the level. It's like you, you're being forced to move on to other items that you find. You can drop them at any time. Like you can literally pick up something else yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, it's very cool. Um, if you like Hotline Miami, I think you'll like this game a lot. Yeah. Um, There's I'm very, a, very excited for it. It was weird because like when I was playing it, it's like the way it made you like it never explicitly says like, hey, you have X combo. It but it feels like it's the level design is setting you up for these combos. And once you do get them, like where you are rolling on the barrel, killing guys while like smacking them with a fish, yeah. like. It it has a rhythm to it that was like really satisfying. Like yeah, there's going. definitely yeah, there's definitely a rhythm to it, and it's very fast paced. So I think this is kind of like a game that I could maybe binge, depending yeah. on like how difficult it can get. I you know I games like The Messenger and like Celeste, like those games get obviously more difficult the longer you go on. And so I kind of feel like this game will have that same sort of um, layout where yeah. it, it'll be it'll be simple at first. You're like steamrolling through people, kind of just getting the hang of of like switching items really fast, and then like it's going to get like really difficult, and it'll test your skills and like you know that sort of. thing. I love the but, just uh, one more time, just one more time, just one more time games. Like you know, what yeah, I mean? that, like that's yeah. that's the fun in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, very excited about that game, and then my other. About- Uh, Oh, sorry, sorry. go ahead. No, I was going to say, you were talking about binging it. Like, it also seems the perfect of, like, all right, cool, let me play a couple levels. Oh, hey, let me play a level. Or, like, let me play until I get frustrated and then put it down. So, like, it has that, like, you could definitely binge it or you could definitely play it one at a time. Absolutely. I think that's going to play into the game's favor, especially with it coming out on Switch. Yeah, I just... Dude, the Switch is such a perfect console. Anyways. Yeah, so um, it's about Creature in the Well. Yeah, so Creature in the Well is... A really cool take on pinball, I guess you could yeah. say. And I talked to the developer. I can't remember his name, and Bo. I actually didn't even know he was the developer. Yeah, his name, uh, I think his name's Bo. Yeah, the, the uh, programmer. Super, yeah, super nice guy. Um, 
And the premise of the game is that you play as this robot that's kind of like the last of its kind. And his mission that he was created for is to restart the power of this like facility in this mountain that the other robots that you used to be associated with were digging and they dug too far and they found like this creature and now the creature is like trying to stop you from like completing your mission. Mm-hmm. Like kind of a cool story like that. Um, and you have like different items that you use to like power up these orbs that you shoot at electrical outlets. I guess I, I I'm going to call them that like yeah. an outlet or something. And it's kind of like a puzzle game, but like I said, a really weird take on pinball, but cool and very challenging. And it, it was my favorite game that I played at PAX this year. Um, and the art style, when I was talking to him, he said that he took like inspiration from Mike Magnolia's Hellboy. If you've oh, that Hellboy, cool. really cool style of art. Great, great book all around, actually. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so I, I I don't know if you guys played the game. I wish I could kind of like explain it more, but yeah. it's so, really like this basic. It's like really basic, but like you don't really know what's going on with the demo that you were given, and, and that's totally fine because I want to go in this game basically blind at this sure. point. I don't even need to see sure. anything else. It, yeah, Chris, Chris and I both played it, and sorry, Chris, didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, you're good, man. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's it's like you say the take on pinball. It's like those electrical outlets. Like you're not you're not explicitly attacking enemies. Like you're you're you know it's it's pitched as like a dungeon crawler kind of action adventure game. But instead of going through these dungeons and like progressing deeper and deeper into you know whatever the setting is, you're not fighting anyone. Like you're getting attacked by whatever the defenses are, and so that's where the complexity comes in because you're essentially playing pinball. You're trying to rack up a combo and score yeah. by hitting the balls off of these. Um, yeah, combo. The, essentially, the bouncers that you find in a pinball machine. Yeah, the currency and, is the amount of electricity that you. Uh, output to like the um, systems that you're trying to boot up with right. in the facility. It's it's really cool and interesting. Yeah. It, and yeah, you can't progress until you get a certain amount to open the door to move on to the next sure. one. Um, and then yeah, like as like in, later on in the demo, like you're you're like dodging uh, like lasers and you know different gunshots and stuff like that while you're simultaneously trying to juggle you know 15 balls on the screen so it yeah. gets like that screen fills up really really quickly chris what did you have I, to say i was going to say um what when i first saw it i was like wow that looks like a lightsaber like when he when he was wielding in his hand i said and then the, my next thought was wow that looks like a flipper a flipper like in a pinball machine because when you're right. when you're swinging it around it it flips really quickly so when you're playing this game it's more defensive than it is offensive but that's just like mm-hmm. it is in pinball because you're defensive you're constantly trying to flip the ball back out again in order to cause something else to happen and make sure that ball doesn't yeah. go back down so when yeah. I was talking to the, the the developer, they're a small team. It's a two man team. Like they're really really tiny. They were doing a lot of AR and VR stuff uh, initially, and they decided to branch out because they just really enjoyed this style of of game, and that's what they wanted yeah. to create. So I just it was it was super rad to see. Like it like the whole premise of the game was really really cool, and I thought that it was something that like is ideal for Switch. Absolutely, like this is definitely a Switch game, um, like without a doubt, and. 
when I was talking to him too, like this game has only been in development for a year. Like the fact that they're that far along, it's two guys. I, I, I'm sure there's like assets that they've used from maybe something else that they've created before in the past. Um, and like they're using the Unreal Engine for this game as well. Um, but it's just like really cool and really unique. And like I love the art style. I love the gameplay. I love the challenge that it presented. Um, and I'm just really excited to like sink my teeth into a game like this. Sure. Yeah. The the art style, and I, I'm glad you you got like a more specific because like the art style is definitely one where it was like, how do you put your finger on it? And like the way I kept describing it was like Hyperlight Drifter, yep. where it yeah. has like those pastel colors mixed with like. Andy Warhol like it kind of had like that like an Andy Warhol filter over it where it was like it's very cool I don't know yeah. like it wasn't like exactly how Andy Warhol paintings were but yeah it definitely it looked like a pop art piece um, yeah super so excited much going on on the screen at one time too that's the thing your your eyes have to be directional yeah. for in in like all space because it's coming at you at from all angles which I think is really cool it's a lot of multitasking yeah. I yep. liked it a lot Yep, yeah, yeah, super excited for it. All right, Neil. Um, shout out to Pop Agenda. Um, I'm not going to close out the one. So, okay, so the way I had it kind of in my mind is I'll I'll do one more, and then we'll do the one that kind of we all unanimously loved. Yep. Um, not to say that, yeah, because like, obviously Andrew said, you know, Creature the was his favorite game. Sure. But then, um, but yeah, so I want to talk about Star Renegades. Like, this was one that I saw before that they got announced, and like the art style definitely, like just definitely hooked me in, where it is like this really futuristic 16-bit kind of style, you know, pixel art. Um, but yeah, like it's got like these um, like cherry blossom trees, like that's a big part of it. So like you've got the cherry blossoms going on, but it's like super futuristic. So you've got like mechs and swords. It's a turn-based RPG. And so you kind of explore this overworld and the overworld is procedurally generated. So there's, you know, and I don't know like if there's a campaign so to speak with the procedural generation or if it's just kind of like you're doing like different runs and like you can do yeah. different things but like it is kind of like you can kind of go however and wherever you want to do get into fights with the opposing army or whatever and you know you're leveling up your characters i found another character out in the world so i just have happened to chance upon one it looked like from the because like the demo booted up and there was like 20 something characters between 20 and 30 characters that you can unlock wow um so yeah it looks like there's a lot and like each of them like each of them have like their own distinct style um you know obviously they have different purposes in battle you've got your tank characters you've got your speedy characters but anyway in battle it's you know traditional turn-based you're picking moves and you know different abilities to use but everything's done on a timeline so if you've played uh uh, child of light it's similar to that where it literally displays in the hud like all right cool this person's going then this person's going then this person and so on and so forth yeah. and there's ways like in child of light which i love child of light that's one of my favorite games um there are ways and abilities with certain characters that you can a jump ahead of other people and b push enemies back so the idea behind it is obviously if you've got an enemy that's gearing up for a big attack, you want to use all of a all of your instant attacks, which go like they have priority, and then use any of your abilities that push people back. Um, yeah. And there is a layer of strategy behind it because it's not like a traditional RPG in that you have attack and magic and whatever that you can just kind of repeat infinitely. Each ability has a cooldown. 
So mm. if I use my, you know, instant attack with one character, I can't use that attack the next turn. I have to alternate it. Okay. So you kind of have to, it's definitely one that I can see, like, if you start off and you mess up early on, you could be screwed because it's going to take you a while to kind of reset. Sure. But also, conversely, if you, like, it's another one where, like, you can get into a rhythm and, like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to use this to get, you know, to bounce him back. And I'm going to give this guy priority and then I'm going to give everyone shield with this guy. Um, but it's really cool. Like, the art style was awesome. It was, you know, like, it kind of had enough of a twist on the, the turn base to, like, make it stand out. And, like, I'm really excited for that one. That's another one that I don't think it's coming to Switch. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Off the, actually, hold on. I have the card right here in front of me. It doesn't say. Never mind. Oh man, it, that would be a switch game. Yeah. From I I know what you're, yeah. I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it uh, seems like it's a switch game. Um, I played it on a PlayStation controller, so okay. It yeah, I'm sure it's coming to switch eventually. But yeah, no, it looks really awesome. Um, so Chris, why don't you close us out with my favorite my favorite game of the the of packs, the one that I played, Katana Zero. Um, Katana freaking Zero. Let's go. That game is just badass man it is a lot of fun there's just so much to do and the stop die restart the rewind is ridiculous the slowdown which by the way we didn't realize what the hell the slow down like the 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 time uh stoppage and then being able to slow Mm -hmm. it there was people that were dying in that fan for a good five minutes before they realized what the hell they were supposed to do it was crazy right and uh I, it just it's one of those games that like you die and you don't mind and you just you're like all right yeah. let's go again and I I don't really get the rewind yet because they didn't really get into a whole lot of it it was like you died and then the whole thing rewound and you had to start from the beginning which I could see people getting upset about you know initially mm-hmm. but that's part of the magic of it like that's the part that's fun and then figuring out how to get through it in a quick manner because you can speed run that thing really really fast yes yeah. Everything was super fluid. Everything was super responsive. Um, I never felt like I got cheated by the game. Sure. Like, I always felt like, oh, shit, like, I timed that wrong. Or, oh, like, I dodged this way when I should have dodged that way. Or, you know, and each enemy has, like, you can, like, by the end of the demo, I was picking up patterns mm-hmm. of, like, oh, these guys are going to deflect my attacks if I attack them head on. So I need to dodge roll behind them and attack them from behind. And so, like... Kind of like we were talking about with Blood Roots, you develop this rhythm with the game um, that it, it just ends up feeling really, really great by the end of it. Um, I super hope Andrew, that they add stuff me. onto it. I hope they add like other things besides that blade. Yeah, they got to, you know, like I got to a part where there was like a stealth sequence. Like I definitely got farther than the people that were playing around the me. dance thing? And yeah, it's like you're you're in a club. Like, first of all, the aesthetic to the game is dope. Like, it's like this futuristic, like, Jap- you know, Japan. Like, it almost looks like it's taken right out of uh, uh, Blade Runner, where it's just like this really futuristic, like yeah. everything's neon. It like, has like, uh, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, also, like cyberpunk. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Tokyo. Uh, if you've read Neo Tokyo, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Tokyo Ghost, which is a comic book by okay. uh, Sean Murphy, does the art for that, and Rick Remender writes it, and uh, it has that vibe too. So, hell yeah, cool. Yeah, no, and there's like, you get the vibes like you were talking about with the rewind. Like, it seems like the game is being told in a flashback mm-hmm. with the main character recapping the events of the previous level to his therapist. So, like, it's super vague. It's intentionally vague. 
and it's like you get the vibe that your the main character has these abilities that are given to him by this evil corporation and you in between levels like you're sent to kill people assassinate people recover assets and whatever and in between levels you're talking to your therapist about this stuff and it's yeah. like a, it's like a corporate you know therapist it's not like you're going there by choice so it also opens up these really cool dialogue options both in talking to the therapist and also interacting with people in the world that it seems like can, you know, change the story. I don't know. You know, obviously I only got a taste of it, but you know, you can basically tell the therapist, Hey, shut up and just give me my meds. And so it seems like there's, there's something there as far as like mental health and and all that, where like you can actually sit there and like try and talk through your problems or you can just say, nah, fuck it. Give me, give me your, you know, give me the drugs. And you can skip those too, which was nice. You could go right through them. A lot of those games are for, you force you to sit through those cutscenes. You could just speed right mm-hmm. through them, click the button say, no, I don't even want to bother listening to this and move right on to the next level. Right. Yeah. And it presented it in a way where you had like your character was making that choice. Sure. So it wasn't like, Oh, I'm skipping this and I'm missing out on the story. It was you skipping. It was the story yep. of like, Nope, I don't want to deal with this. Bye. Like the example Andrew and I were talking about was the, the lady in the rece- you know, the receptionist in the hotel where like, you could have this full blown conversation with her. You can talk, you could get details about what's going on in the world, or you could just be like, shut up, stop talking to me. And yeah. like, she ends up like calling the security on you. And I, you know, I would like to see how it plays out if you're like super nice to her, if she doesn't call security on you, or if that's just like something that's scripted no matter what. But it, it seemed like, you know, when I went into that and I, you know, was kind of an asshole to her, there were repercussions for it. And so it, it definitely seems like you can interact with that world more so than like a hotline Miami or like a, my friend is Pedro not saying that those games are bad, but it's kind of like, that's what makes it stand out. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It definitely does have the hotline Miami vibe. It has like the Celeste vibe in terms of like, if you instant instant death that you just restart right away. Um, and, and like maybe even with those dialogue choices, I know that Celeste, you know, definitely touched on, you know, mental health and that sort of thing. And so maybe this is subtly trying to touch on the same subject subject in a different uh, way. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, overall, I I liked what I played. It was like maybe like a 10 minute demo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been at other PAXs, so like I know a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, I played it at PAX East last year." I think it was at PAX West, um, but yeah, it was the first time I played it, and it was whew, like it comes out April eighteenth. Like it's yeah, it's two, very close. Two weeks from now, so yeah, I'm yeah. super excited for that game. I think it's interesting um, that the time slowdown thing is like a kind of a common thread amongst a lot of games that we played at PAX this year. Like the mm-hmm. the fact that you can manipulate time, rewind or slow down time, which it was in this game, uh, was in Pedro too. So like, those are just like, it's, there was a couple other games. It was just kind of a very, very common thread. I I felt like at this PAX, I think it works with, with action games, especially ones where you're being asked to now. I think there's something to be said for like how something, how blood roots does it, where it's fast and fluid no matter what, but there's definitely something really cool about like, Oh yeah, I slowed down time and like, knock this guy's bullets right back at him and it was part yeah it's part of the mechanic like you have to slow down time on a lot of those uh, on the on some of those runs because the only way to defeat two guys at one time or two of of the characters at one time is to slow down time deflect and then flip so 
Yeah, because you'll be getting shot from like two different places, sure. and so you got to slow it down, bounce the bullet back to that guy, dodge out of the way of the other one, and then go back and focus on the one guy. So I'm yeah. just thinking of the one time yeah. that I was watching you do it, and you're like, "What do I do? What do I do?" And then all of a sudden you slow down time. You're like, "Oh, that's what I do." Yeah. yeah, and and shout out to the game, you know, at least in the demo, like there was zero hand holding. Yep. It was like, all right, cool, here's how you slow down time. And like I could see the guy in front of me getting super frustrated, and it was like, oh, yeah, he's trying to play this just like at full speed the entire time. Where it's like, no, like it it taught you how to slow down time, use it. Like, you know, and, and it never prompts you to use it. It's just like, no, like just figure it out. It's just, you know, if you yeah. want to use it, cool. If you want the extra challenge, you don't have to use it, but... Like we definitely recommend you use it. So why don't we talk um, about yeah. our thoughts about PAX East uh, 2019 in general? Like I know Andrew, I you had mentioned that you had some thoughts um, just in general about PAX being your first PAX. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't an awful experience. I I know that it's a very busy event. It's like I, from what I heard, it's like the biggest gaming event in the country, like year round. Um, East is bigger than West, apparently. Um, Shut up. So, I mean, I I enjoyed my time. You know, I wish I had gone Thursday and Friday versus Sunday and Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday, and that's definitely a mistake that I won't be making twice. But, you know, if we're able to get, like, media badges maybe next year, I won't have any problem, you know, going all four days and, you know, just kind of taking things maybe at a, a different pace. Yeah. Sure. You know, I kind of felt almost rushed to try to get from station to station because you have such limited time, you know, obviously there's a handful of games that you want to play, but like the times that you're staying in line are going to vary depending on like how popular the game is or how interested people are. And that line could go by really fast or that line could go by really slow. You know, I kind of felt like, uh, like Splitgate kind of had like a perfect demo link, which is just like five minutes or it's yeah. just like one match. And it's like, all right, next four people up, you know, like that's, that's super simple. Um, like I, I didn't even get to play cyber zero just because, or cyber shadow, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because uh, it was like a 10, 15 minute demo and they only had one station. Yep. Right. Yep. And there's like a lot of people in front of me and, like, I think once people realized that it was a um, yacht club game, uh, club yeah. game it got because Chris and I went on Thursday and there was like two people in line. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, they just announced I'm it. Glad that the developer, the guy, the sing, it's made by one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there staying at the station along with the oh. yacht club representative, and damn, uh, he was not there when we went. Yeah, I mean, like, I I didn't talk to him or anything like that, but I, I overheard a conversation he was having with, like, another person who was attending the event, and, like, he seems like a really cool guy, and, like, I would have loved to have a conversation with him, and I would have loved to play his game. I know I'm going to play it regardless because I'm a fan of, like, the classic nostalgic, you know, 2D side-scrolling platformers, whatever you right, want to call sure. it. Um, and I love The Messenger, and I think this is this game is kind of in the same vein as that, so... You know, it was just one of those things where it's like a 15-minute demo. You only have one station. I think, like, there's a better way to, that to be handled where, like, I even saw some, like, uh, like the Gato Roboto, which is a game that Liza really, really wanted to play, mm-hmm. and which was right next to my friend Pedro. is like the Devolver Digital booth. Yeah, that um, is a mess. 
yeah, that place was really kind of frantic and like the demo for God of Roboto was 25 minutes long. Yeah. Jeez. Which I like, I don't get that. I don't get why the demo has to be that long. It's not, it's not like separated from all the other kiosks that they had. It wasn't like a press booth or anything like that. So I don't know. Like the whole space and, was set up weird. The devolver. Yeah, area. my name is Pedro. Yeah. It was the same exact way, and there were people that were ahead of me in line when I went to go play that game that were getting frustrated with the people that were ahead of them because it's like you you've played twenty minutes. Like once you get a feel for the game, there's somebody behind you. Like you know, let them play next. It's just you don't yeah. have to play the full right. demo in order to get a feel for what the game is. Yeah, that, that's the way I felt about Katana Zero was that it was like a 15-minute demo, but like there was a lot of people standing behind me, and there was a part where the demo kind of was transitioning to another portion of the game, and I was like, all right, I played it enough. Like, I got the time slowing down mechanic kind of uh, like a handle on that, and I just walked away. Sure. You know, I had maybe like 10 minutes with it versus like the full 15. Right. And like the weird thing about that demo too is like, once the demo ends, you can play for another five minutes. It gives yeah, you the it says, oh, really? like, oh, give me give me five more minutes. And, like, yeah. yeah, I saw, I mean, like, who isn't gonna, like, if you're, like, into it? Like, yeah, of course. Sure. And, like, it, I, I remember on mine, time ran out, and I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, obviously, PAX isn't gonna have really much control over developers and how long, like, they're letting their letting the attendees play the game or anything like that you know but i just think that with the amount of people that attend the event and and just like the amount of time that you have in a day i mean what like 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 where i was talking before even when the event like opens at 10 a.m you probably won't even be playing anything until maybe 10 45 because they'll right. let you in the building but they won't even let you in like the expo hall until like everyone's kind of set up and ready to go. It's really, right. it was really, it was handled really weird. Um, but like, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining a bunch. I mean, I still had a good time overall, but like I said, like if we have the opportunity to, to go next year as media and kind of have everything planned out and have a game plan, I think like that would be a lot of fun. And I think that we could handle that a little bit better versus just having to kind of pick and choose and be like, okay, well, I, you know, like I, the first day I went, I bought badges off of Scalper and right. like they weren't like cheap. Um, and I only played like maybe three or four games that day. Right. But I don't, I, I can't say it was worth it. Uh, and I know that some people are like, oh, well, you can just walk into the event. And that may be true, but I am not that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. And like, no I does. love to support. Like the fact that we have this massive event where we can all go and play games and share the same passion. So if, you know, buying tickets for that is I know that the money is not going directly to that, that the the event itself, it went to the scalper. Right. But like I'm attending the event and I'm giving feedback and like I next year when the badges come out, like I'm definitely going to be buying them like immediately. Right. Um, yeah. Depending on like, well, like I said, if we're media or not, but yeah. you know, my, my penciled in game plan for next year is Thursday, Friday. And then absolutely. S- Saturday is going to be just explore Boston. 
Like, I'm not even going to go anywhere near the show floor, based on what I heard. So I went Thursday, Friday this year, and, like, everything seemed great. Like, went really smoothly, and there weren't, you know, really any issues. And then, you know, Saturday night will be my, like, you know, community events and meeting up with people and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, Sunday, based, it'll just depend. You know, Sunday, Chris, you were saying it was kind of a shit show, yeah. and... You know, like it, it, if it's still like that, it, you know, with the shortened hours, it may not be worth sticking around. Like I'll just probably fly back on Sunday, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I, my, my big comparison point is E3. Like I went to E3 as a, you know, the first year they opened to the public and that was just a complete nightmare. And, you know, based on what you guys are talking about, as far as Saturday was concerned, it seemed really similar. Um, and it's really just, hectic. yeah, yeah. And, and I guess the one thing I do want to point out is, E3, it seems more like it's it's like more corporate. It's more like when you're in line or when you're playing the game, it's like people who are being paid to talk about the game, um, whether it be by Sony, by Microsoft, by you know Ubisoft. Whereas here, you're talking to the developers. Like you know, with Cyber Shadow, you're talking to the one guy who's designing Cyber Shadow. Yeah, it's very personable, right. and I love the fact that I was. Like I said, I didn't even know I was talking to one of the guys that made Creature in the Well, like right. the main guy. Yeah, you, and you talked like, to Bo. We talked to Adam. Like, yeah, you know, we, like and we said, I, I told team. him I was like, yeah, I I was like, this is my favorite game of the show, and like I blew him away with a compliment yeah. like that, and I didn't even know like he right. was the guy, and, and like, I'm when sure I was, that made his day. <laughs> and like when I was telling people about it, it was just like, hey, listen, like all you have to do at these events like or at least at PAX East and I'm sure it's probably similar with PAX West is make eye contact with a developer say hi and they will run up to you and tell you everything you want to know about their game the thing yeah, that like, was cool is, no... is like it didn't even have to be about games like half of my conversations didn't even deal about the game it was dealing like with just like life things and then we happened yeah. to be talking about the game at the same time it was like you know everybody seems just so willing to give information and and speak because they're so passionate about the project that they've been you know digging into for the last year or two without being able to speak about it to anybody and now all of a sudden they have the freedom and the floodgates are open for them to be able to talk about it and they're just like anybody who is interested i'm willing to have a conversation with and i i think that that is like just so cool about these type of events and people are willing to go outside of even their projects and and speak to you know what a dev cycle looks like and what goes into a game and the things that we can't have access to on a general basis but you can have in these personal conversations i think is pretty rad yeah absolutely yeah no it's great i mean like you know being able to interact like it's it's definitely been probably the most memorable part about this so kind of in keeping with that tone let's go ahead and like we do with every show let's end on uh, a weekly dose of positivity uh so chris why don't we start with you uh anything or anybody you want to shout out yeah i want to give a shout out to all of the kind of funny best friends who were just like super inviting and welcoming for the entire trip that goes out to the New York City group. That goes out to the OK Beast uh, guys. Everybody was just so, so inviting. And um, I'm always on the outskirts of these type of things, right? Because, like, kind of funny for me, I, I've been a fan since day one, but hadn't really participated in any of the groups or any of the group activities. Or a lot of these folks I've met just through Twitter, and it's just been, like, on the outside looking in. And within minutes, it was like I had best friends that I had known for years <laughs> and were having conversations about everything from games to life to, you know, what are my plans for, you know, the next six months. 
people who had listened to certain effect, people who were talking to us about the podcast and, and thanking, you know, and were like, you know, you guys are doing a great job, you know, you know, awesome job. And like, it was just so inviting and so loving. And like, to me, when you're going into these events, a lot of times I am kind of socially awkward or nervous or just unsure of how it's going to go. And everybody made it like this big welcoming thing and just eased all anxiety that I had. So shout out to the kind of funny group. Uh, they were just amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, Absolutely. it's easy to, to get caught up. Like when we're launching something like this, to get caught up in the likes and the retweets and the, you know, your social media metrics where like I had so many people that, you know, you didn't see liking and commenting and all that stuff come up to us and be like, Hey, so how's that podcast you guys doing? Like, Oh, or, you know, come up to me and like talk to me by name. Cause they just recognized me. And it was like, yeah, like that's, that's awesome. Like, even though, you know, the social media metrics aren't quite there, you know, quote unquote, like people, you know, care, like people in this community care. And like, yeah. you know, if you're going to do something creative, something that you're passionate about, put that out, like people are going to listen to it and people are going to share it and they're going to give you feedback on it. And like, yeah, Absolutely. like I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. Shout out to everyone that we met this weekend. Uh, Drew, what do you got? Um, yeah. Uh, shout out to my friend, Mike, who, like this is the first time I met him. He let Liza and I stay with him. Uh, kind of a weird story, kind of an amazing story, but yeah, like this last summer wasn't employed, you know, kind of just going through a rough patch in life and, you know, uh, in a kind of a weird spot where just nothing was working out for me. And I obviously, as someone who, you know, enjoys video games, turn to that for help kind of, you know, in a mental capacity and uh, reached out to kind of funny um, games daily and put like a SOS to help me find people to play siege with. And Mike was one of the people that reached out to me and we've been playing for like the last six, seven months together, like almost every other day. And he let me and my wife stay with him, and it was awesome. Like, he's an incredibly kind-hearted, kind-hearted human being that just puts other people in front of him. And it just, like, I, you know, I, I was so happy I was able to introduce him to people within the community um, that he, like, didn't even know of. And I thought that was awesome that he was kind of integrating um, with everyone else and um, yeah, he lives in Boston. He's a really cool guy. Awesome. Uh, he's doing some really cool stuff on YouTube with like video game reviews. So, I mean, uh, if you could give him a follow, like he's just like a super nice guy. Um, I'm looking up his, uh, Twitter right now. Um, yeah. he is at Azar, A-Z-A-R game reviews. Um, you should follow him and he's just a really nice dude and I'm like incredibly grateful for him uh just like having him show us around Boston on Thursday and just like having us stay with him I like I don't think this trip would have been possible without him so thank you Mike I really do appreciate that um yeah. and also shout out to Alex O'Neill Alex Van Aken blessing Adioye um me and Liza went out to lunch with them on Friday and I was able to kind of just like connect with them on a little bit more of like personal level. I like we've all been friends for like a really long time, like the last few years, couple years. And um I was just like, "Hey, you know, like Chris, Neil and I, like we're all we're starting this thing. Like we're doing this thing and we want to 
do well at it and we want it to succeed. You know, Alex O'Neill has been doing Irrational Passions for almost 10 years now. Um, started out by himself. Now he's got a crew of like nine people, all great human beings, all unique voices within the gaming uh, community. And, and they got to meet Troy Baker and Nolan. Yeah, North, they like, got too. to meet those guys. Like, so, I mean, the fact that I was able to have a conversation and be like, hey, like Chris Neal and I, like we're doing this thing and we've all come from different paths, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of like content creation you know, some more positive than others. But I think that the fact that we're all three very passionate about making this work and putting in the effort to make it work is something I have never been a part of. Um, So, you know, to get encouragement from those three guys and having like lunch with them and just being like listening to the stuff that they want to do with their content and like, and, and like having bouncing ideas off of them and, you know, trying to just make the best of what we have and like where we should go, you know, and just hearing like Alex O'Neill and Alex Van Aken and all and, and blessing be like, well, what do you want to do? You know, like that's all that should matter. You yeah. should never focus on on trying to be like internet famous and Mm -hmm. never focus on the likes, never focus on the retweets, just do what you want to do. And like the fact that they have the mentality where it's just a passion for them Mm -hmm. and that the, the likes and the retweets and the eyes that they have on their content, it doesn't, doesn't matter to them. Like that's just kind of, it's like the cherry on top. So, Yeah, it's the cherry on top, but that's that's not what it's about for yeah. them. It's it's because they love to do what they're doing, and, right. and to hear them say that really kind of blew me away. And and to get words of encouragement was really really nice. So yeah. um, shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, not to piggyback or you know completely copy you, but yeah, shout out to them for you know giving us a the way I put it was like a a, a high bar to strive for. Because, yeah. like, really, I was legitimately keeping up with, like, the OKB's content they were putting out. And, like, I was blown away by just, like, how well put together their stuff was. Just from yeah. a technical standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, shout out to, I mean, I got, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna shout out Alex or Alex Van Aken. Not that I wouldn't shout out Alex O'Neill. Shout out to him, too. But shout out to Alex Van Aken because, you know, it goes back to the whole kind of funny community thing. Where, like, yeah, we talk to each other on Twitter. But, like, we're all kind of lurkers. And for him to come up to me and be like, hey, like, I'm going to sing Burn by Usher if you come up and back me up. And like, yeah, like, that's a story I'm going to tell forever now. Where it's just like, yeah. yeah, like me and me and me and my Internet friend got together and sang karaoke, like really like after knowing each other, technically for like an hour. <laughs> you sang it well, and by the way. Like, uh, you flatter me. <laughs> uh, but, if, you, if you want to know, Alex lost his voice basically. Oh, I did we, too. We we I, played Siege to the gate today, uh, and he was like barely. Yeah, he barely I, talked. I was <laughs> the, the next day was very hoarse. Um, but yeah, shout out to Alex. Of course, shout out to the OK Beast Boy. Shout out to Moises Tavares. Um, you know, I I had been wanting to meet him for a while, and Chris and I almost ran into him at the messenger booth. Oh yeah, and it was kind of one of those like, oh, I think that's Moises, and we turned around and he was gone, and then we finally met up, and like, dude gave me the biggest bear hug ever. Like, is just 
That was crazy because we were at the uh, yeah. we were at the Rooster Teeth thing. I turn around and yeah. you're like, "Hey, it's Moises," and Moises is like, "Boom!" And there's this big hug coming my way. I'm like, Dude, "That's awesome." I mean, it was cool. It was didn't very cool. Even I was about to say, didn't cool. even like a second thought yeah. and just like gave me a big old yeah. bear hug. And so like, yeah, shout out to Moises. And last one, like, shout out to the PAX East, like the the enforcers, the people that were working the show. Because given the hand that they were dealt, like they dealt with it, I think pretty well. They looked like they were having a fucking blast too. Like they were, like they were blasting music. Like when we were in line, Chris, on Friday morning, mm-hmm. like there was that that girl playing the ukulele, like you know, taking song requests and stuff like that. Like they all looked like they were having a really great time. And like normally the conventions I've been to, it's people are just like all business and like all right, come on, like you know, trying to herd the sheep. And like these people all looked like they were just like legitimately having a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. No, we're uh, we, we ran a little bit longer than we normally do, but uh, I think it was worth it. Like it was definitely a uh, a great show, great conversation. Um, yeah. Don't forget to like us on all the things. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Review it, share it with your friends. We definitely appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week with kind of our more traditional uh, show, talking about the news, breaking down the hot takes and things like that. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, until next time, we really appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Hey. We'll